Welcome, cadets and captains, to another episode of M Class Podcast. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. You know me. I'm iHeartRadio's own Jeff Pennington. And I'm Heartthrob, iHeartThrob Radio, Josh Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't follow our Twitter, you should, for one, at M-Class Podcast. Why the hell aren't you? Uh, late last night, I accidentally discovered that uh, we're on iHeartRadio, which is... Yes. Uh, I also discovered that you have to submit your your own podcast to get on iHeartRadio, like uh, fill out a form and like send it did, in and get it reviewed. Did somebody do that for us? Uh, <laughs> ne- neither of us did that. So. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I didn't. It's possible that I'm living a double life and I don't know it, like a Tyler Durden. <laughs> Maybe that happened. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so uh, h- hello to all of our iHeartRadio listeners. I'm sure that you guys flipped over from... Uh, I don't even know what the fuck is on iHeartRadio. Um, the Bob and Tom show to listen to the Star this Star Trek podcast? This American Life probably is. Probably. Uh, what's the... I, I don't even know, man. All I know that's on there for sure is the Bob and Tom show. Because I don't it, even know what that is, but... I don't know if they play that. No, they did play that in Pennsylvania, so I don't know. Is it like old, like... It's like a bunch of dudes who are, like, almost on the verge of, like, saying something homophobic at all the oh, time. Oh, so it's like boomer boomer humor? Yeah, yeah and like a, yeah. a lady who's always like, oh, I don't approve of that, so that guys oh, yeah, can totally feel like they're getting away with shit. It's a morning radio show. It's yep. just like a, like a, you know, the the woman's always like, well, I don't know. I <laughs> don't know about all that. Testicles. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> don't care for that. And then the guys are like, the woman is there entirely to make male listeners feel like they're getting away with something. Yep, yep. It's, it's like my wife, but not. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Women. Women don't know shit about penises. Am I right? <laughs> I love fucking women, but I also hate them. Yeah, what's up with that, dudes? Like, why the yeah. fuck do you like that with ladies? That's a str- It's a strange one. I, I, like, I, you, lo- you love them, but you hate them. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm not really not real sure what that's about. <laughs> right into um, your own trash can to answer that question. <laughs> Write it down on a piece of paper and uh, shove it up your ass. Yes, please, please, please. <laughs> uh, this is part three of the uh, star-studded for your Trek pleasure cameo collection. Yeah, this one's got some star power from the 1970s it's got some real star power uh this time around we're talking about deep space nine season six episode 10 the magnificent ferengi yeah it's like the magnificent seven except there's six of them and they're all aliens from outer space and they're all dumb dumbs yeah, <laughs> except for the one guy they're all morons yeah well the one guy's also a moron but he's just a psychopath instead yeah <laughs> Uh, he's in the game. He's in STO, and it's really funny. He yeah. does a cool put glasses on, walk away from an explosion in the oh, game. Oh, man, that's so funny. That's I wish so I funny. could show it to you right now, but nobody will see it. No. Visually, there's not a whole lot of visual element to a podcast, unfortunately. Not on iHeartRadio. <laughs> no. iHeartRadio probably has a fucking video version of everything. Probably. That's why nobody listens to our podcast on there. There's no video. <laughs> That's the reason. 
<laughs> we should just make like a tiny little loop of us doing something menial, like with our animated selves that we have. <laughs> I can do that. That'd be easy enough. Just, just like a static image of us sitting across from each other, like, and have the mouths flap randomly every now and then. <laughs> yeah, just on a loop, like. Uh, Maybe make three or two or three loops and like like stagger them. Sure, no one will know the difference. No one will know. So this episode was directed by Chip Chalmers. It's <laughs> me, Chip Chalmers. Is literally his birth name, as it turns out. Chip Chalmers. <laughs> My parents hated the fuck out of me. Chip Chalmers directed uh, two episodes that we've already done on this show, Captain's Holiday from TNG and Take Me Out to the Holosuite from Deep Space Nine. We did Take Me Out to the Holosuite? Yeah, Kevin was on that episode. Who the fuck is Kevin? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. Which clone? Which clone was it? I don't know. It was Kevin Seven. Kevin Seven? Is he a... a, He's a Ben 10 character. Ben 10 character. (laughs) It's Kevin Eleven, right? Yeah, that's his rival, Kevin Eleven. He's one better than Ben 10. But, like, Kevin Eleven fucks his cousin. Yeah, his cousin. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, like, go out and shit. And it's like, what the fuck? And he's... Because he's got that Challenger. He's got a car. Yeah, well, that's how you get a girl. As a teenager, you have a car... Which I yeah. did not have, so I didn't. I like get Ben a lot Ten. I, I think <laughs> I. I also just had people drive me around. I was yeah. that asshole. Uh, this episode was written by Iris Stephen Bear, one of like the architects of Deep Space Nine. Um, but it was also co-written by Hans Beamler. I don't know him. They Is named the good? laser beam after him, I believe. Oh, the beamler. <laughs> the beamler beam. They call it the beamler. Um, shortened to laser beam. I thought it was interesting that uh, Hans Beamler was assistant director on Night Shift. Okay. The movie. Yeah. Splash. I love Splash. Uh, the Tom Hanks movie that has a mermaid in it. Yeah. And The With- Golden Child, the Eddie Murphy movie. Show me the knife. I want the knife. Those are good movies. Those are good movies. He he was assistant director on those, and he also um, wrote or co-wrote or wrote the teleplay for just about like a billion fucking episodes of Star Trek. So well, that's fun. Hans Beamler sounds like a villain from like Die Hard. Well, is it because his name is Hans? Yeah. <laughs> If your name is Hans, you're a fucking villain. You're a Sorry, bad guy in everybody. The 80s. <laughs> uh, he was a co-producer on Deep Space Nine as well. So, wow, I've never heard of this guy. I feel like uh, the laser beamler after him. The laser beamler. <laughs> I bet you they called him that on the set. Laser beamler. That's a wrestler's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, one of the ones who shows up for, like, two matches, and then yeah. they, like, go away. The dude who... It, Laser Beamler is the guy who comes out when they're trying to make Hulk Hogan look real strong. Like, he's just yeah. the fat guy that he throws around for he, 20 minutes. They fight the first bout, and it's, like, uh, Tatanka versus Laser Beamler. <laughs> so, like, Tatanka wins, Tatanka. right? Because they gotta, like, Fuck. build up Tatanka's rep. These, like, classic wrestling references. I fucking love that era. That's my yeah. favorite era. That's when I was into wrestling huge. Yeah, me too. Like, right before that Attitude Era started. Like, I hated the Attitude Era. It was, like, too, too much. Everybody was, too was much. the same. 
They were, like yeah, wrestlers was... stopped being like fun cartoon characters and all started to be like yeah. shitty cartoon characters. They were just assholes to each other, and that was like fun, I guess, for some people. I don't know. I liked when they were just like ridiculous. That's what made it so fun. It was like you were watching a cartoon, but it was live action. Yeah. Yep. So, it's great. Um, Ultimate yeah. Warrior, baby. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior was dope as fuck. It's true. I, I liked Sting a lot too. Like when oh, I, I never WCW. got into WCW. Yeah, but yeah, but like, WCW was on a Monday night. I remember before Monday Night Raw was yeah. a thing. It was yeah. like uh, Monday Night Raw happened like while WCW was still around because yeah. they were trying to like fuck each other over Compete. by taking the same slot time slot on monday night like what <laughs> okay yeah, exactly monday night's the night for wrestling i guess um but in this episode the magnificent ferengi we mentioned it's a takeoff of the magnificent seven which is a takeoff of seven samurai seven samurai which is like quintessential storytelling absolutely fodder. if you've never seen seven samurai like Go watch it. It's fucking amazing. I love it. Set aside seven hours of your yeah, Saturday. You give up your whole weekend because you're yeah, gonna need it. But you're gonna need it. It's, yep. it's such an amazing movie. I've never watched a movie in my life that introduced seven main characters and yeah. I like knew who they all were and what their motivation was. Yeah, no, it's uh it, it's you if you've never seen Seven Samurai, you have seen it because they they do it in everything. If you've seen like, The Mandalorian, you've seen yeah, Seven you've Samurai. Seen <laughs> if you've seen Clone Wars, Mandalorian, they all do the Seven Samurai episodes. We should do a shoot the shit about The Mandalorian at some point because I oh, did finish hell it. Oh hell yeah! I mean, I caught up with it. It's still going, but well, you you saw you saw the last one, right? Yep. I saw. Oh my god! I saw the the dope returning character. The the fill in the blank amazing character. I I want a spinoff, even though technically there is one. There's going to be one. Oh, they announced fuck. it like today. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, just fully erect. Yep. We're going into this. Yep. Let's talk about the magnificent Ferengi. <laughs> uh, what happens in this episode? <laughs> well, the long and short of it is that the the Dominion kidnaps Moogie for some reason. That's not yeah. particularly well explained. She's going to uh, Vulcan for a f- tit job, except the tits are her ears. Yeah, she's going for an ear job. Yeah. But I guess the Vulcans do good ear jobs, well, which they're, is they're the ear funny, people, right? Right, they're the ear folks, right? So obviously <laughs> they do ear jobs on Vulcan. Why would they know about Ferengi ears? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like at this point, Moogie is well. Her name is Ishka, but she's Ishka. All, she's all of our Moogie at the end of the day. Yeah. Moogie. Moogie. <laughs> she's uh, she is. Dating Grand Nagus Zek. They are called yeah. straight up lovers in this episode, which is they what I just... would talk about my mom with that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just slapping their old wrinkles together. That's what Ugh. they're doing. The yeah. only thing this episode is missing to be like the perfect comedy episode, like the quintessential Ferengi episode, is Grand Nagus Zek appearing. Yes. I was gonna say uh that's 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 much more calmer than the I was going to say Ishka being nude at some point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like what if she was nude in front of the Vorda and the Vorda was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> 
don't know about all this, but <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's a good Iggy Pop. Yeah, Iggy Pop is in this episode. I, I guess that's important to put up at the front of the episode. Is Iggy Pop is in this episode? He plays the best Vorda, which is yeah. wild since Wayun is played by Jeffrey Combs, who's great in everything. He's in this episode too as Brunt. Yes, he's great as Brunt too. Even though yeah. Brunt's not used a whole lot in this episode, but no, Brunt's cool. But like, I don't know, Wayun is really good. Yes, right, like. And then the other guy, Kivon, that guy's a good Vorta, too. And there's, like, a lady Vorta who's, like, super yeah. fucking underhanded, and she's really good, too, but, like... Yeah, she's a bitch. Iggy Pop is my favorite Vorta. Yeah, he's, he's, he's hilarious. He's so personable, but he's so, like, ruthless, and he doesn't care at all about it at the same time. He's perfect casting, really. He, this is when he was on uh, Pete and Pete, right? I think he was, like, yeah. Mona's dad on Pete and Pete yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, he was on Pete and Pete as well. He did, like, an acting thing in the 90s, and then he kind of just went away again. I don't know if he is in the Stooges again or what he did. I think he just did, like, um solo career. Like, he just did, like, he was just Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. And had, like, a I remember he band. had... Yeah, I remember in the late 90s, he had, like, some, like, like poppy-ish albums, I remember. Like, yeah, he was, like... Uh, you ever notice that... As Anthony Kiedis is getting older, he looks more and more like Iggy Pop. That well, just pops like, right into my fucking head. That's what the hard drug life does to you, man. <laughs> you just look like a strung out old you guy. You just look like Iggy Pop as you get yeah. older. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ishka is kidnapped by the Dominion. Um, we never particularly get a reason why, except that she's dating Grand Nagas Zach. But the Dominion's get, never yeah. shown any interest in the Ferengi before. Right. Doesn't there's really no matter. there's no real reason. It's just that the Dominion's at this point super evil, right? Yeah. Like we're at the height like the right at the beginning yeah, of the Dominion. Yeah, they're fucking kidnapping people's moms now. You don't get more <laughs> evil than that. <laughs> yeah. If, in case you didn't know how evil they were, they kidnapped a mom. So <laughs> not Moogie. No. So Quark for some reason, instead of enlisting the help of Starfleet, I kept waiting for a reason why he doesn't do this. Well, they set it up kind of in the beginning, but it's a flimsy-ish reason. Like, he, he it, wants to prove that Ferengi are just as, like, combat-ready or just as powerful yeah. a race as Klingons or Cardassians or whatever. Right. Um, they're not. But he, he wants to <laughs> well, prove not that. yet. This is kind of the beginning of like the the Ferengi awakening, right? Like because of the Dominion War, you start to see like like this great Ferengi Renaissance with like Zach. Like they talk about it in this oh, episode. Yeah, it's, where, it's where, definitely where, not because of the Dominion. It's a it's because of Ishka. It's, it's Ishka, like entirely yeah. because of Ishka. She got like her WAP game is on fucking point, and like Zach <laughs> will do whatever she says. There's some holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. Like she just like it's like, hey, I think women should be able to work, travel, and make money and travel. And he's like, whatever you say, I agree. <laughs> And, like, the entirety of Ferengi society is changed from the inside out so that women are equal to men, like, over a, a couple months because yeah. Ishka is so smart about how she does like, everything. It causes, like, a major problems, too, like, later on and shit. 
But I guess it's kind of like if Quark is sort of trying like his own thing, his own like renaissance, right? Like he's trying to do his part or whatever in the Ferengi society where he's like, look, like we also can fight. Like they don't like fighting, but like he kind of wants to and like, but he doesn't really know how to do it. You know what I mean? Because he's because yeah. Ferengi are, are kind of like just money guys. <laughs> and it, it really brings up the question of like, what about the guys from TNG who were like in the military? Like, are they not? Yeah. Does that not exist anymore? Was that kind of like wiped I, out from history? No. I, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. It seems like they only kind of do military stuff when it has to do with like like making money and and that's probably true profit. Well, I mean, like, they mention, like, a great battle of, like, ten... It's, like, obviously, like, the 300. 300, It's, like, the yeah. ten Ferengi. Yeah. Yeah. So and, again, it's also, like, the seven samurai, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They have, like, a, um, a military history to look back on. So, like, Quark does not like the reputation that Ferengi have at this point as, like, weaklings. Right. He wants to be like, seen as just as viably, like, a warrior people, even though, like, I don't know, like, Bolians don't care about that shit. Like, Bolians are like, yeah. we're barbers. Whatever. <laughs> we're barbers. But there's other Bolians and Starfleet. I guess Bolians aren't known for being just, like, greedy. And I think that's what really kind of, like, if you want to, like, dissect it, like, I think that's what's really, like, bothering Quark is, like, they're, like... He thinks there's no like glory in profit, which he believes there is, but like not everybody else sort of sees it that way, right? Like Starfleet doesn't care about yeah. that shit. If you really kind of dig down, um, the entire impetus of this episode, besides Ishka getting captured, is that uh, people stopped paying attention to Quark for five yeah. minutes and he got mad. <laughs> he, yeah, he was telling a boring ass story, and people were like, "Okay, let's move on." <laughs> He's like, I did this, like, great deal or whatever, but then, like, the Federation people come back, like, Dax and Bashir and O'Brien, and they're like, yeah, we were in a fucking, like, we scouted behind the enemy lines, and we were the first people to survive. That's a lot cooler than, I made a cool deal, and got some I got syrup of squill. (laughs) Which is, like, apparently it's, like, waffle syrup, right? Yeah, pretty much. For your groat cakes. Groat cakes. I want some groat cakes. It sounds awful. Groat cakes with squill sounds pretty fucking <laughs> terrible. Well, Lita likes it. How bad could it be? That's true. Lita um, is married to Rom, though. So Yeah, at this point, yeah. <laughs> Lita could pour some squill all over my body. I don't think Rom would appreciate that, sir. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You love Rom. You would never. It's true. Maybe you join in with him. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm into Rom's teeth. You have to be. It takes up most of his face, man. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Rom. Um, I'm going to go through the episode like piece by piece like I normally do, but Mm -hmm. um, Quark puts together a crack team of Ferengi commandos out of literally the only five other Ferengi he knows personally. (laughs) (laughs) The five other Ferengi that we have uniforms and outfits for and makeup. 
It's like the four Ferengi we already have, and we gotta make another one. We made so few Ferengi that we gotta make another one. <laughs> I would have been cool if there was, like, a not a Ferengi on the team. I don't know. Well, the like, whole idea was to have, like, a full Ferengi task force, though. Yeah, it would be cool, though, if, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, some ridiculous other. Maybe maybe it should just be Zach. Maybe Zach goes. Zach would have of... been hilarious. He just would undercut everybody. It should have like, been. Ah! It should have been like. Don't get me wrong. I love the psychopath Ferengi. He's yeah, hilarious. Lek. Lek. Uh, Lek is his cousin, isn't it? Uh, I think. I think it's the assassin. I'm looking at. Hold on. Um, the next they hired Lek, a Ferengi eliminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Lek is great. I like Gala. Is his Gala is his cousin? Yeah. He owned a moon. <laughs> he owned a moon. Um, I like, I like Lek a lot, but, um, do you remember the Ferengi, the lady who was pretending to be a male yes. Ferengi? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, she should have came back. That would have been that awesome. That would be cool, yeah. Um, that she could have been the seventh, though. I wouldn't have replaced anybody. No, no, yeah, make it seven. Why I think, it I think it's six because they, they had to have the, um, the Vorta in the scene. And it would be too much screen. Yeah, they, they could yeah. not figure out how to fit one more person into the well, screen. Well, they they kind of reference the set a little bit, and like they break the fourth wall a little bit, where they're like, "Oh, another closet!" Yeah. <laughs> like everything's so small. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this episode's off the chain, funny, dude. It like, is really, really funny. They just don't care. They're just like, whatever, do whatever you want. My favorite moment of the episode uh, is when they're practicing in the holodeck against the Jem Hadar, and Lek yeah. literally just shoots Moogie. <laughs> shoots Moogie. And he's like, You shot Moogie. And he's like, I was putting her out of her misery. Yeah, she was going to get captured. All right. <laughs> Dude, fucking great. I shot the hostage. Fucking speed. It's a, it's a movie. This episode is so fucking great. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll do the point-by-point point of this episode after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Lurky, Rainbow Bright has a new cereal with fruit flavor and bright colors. Colors? Let's see. New Rainbow Bright brand cereal. Sweet, fruity rainbows of bright color. A yummy part of this complete breakfast. Then I'll murk out. A gloom cloud. No match for Rainbow Bright. Oh, no. Breakfast of colors. Idiot, we hate color. No murk out breakfast for us. Fruit flavor, colorful bites. Rainbow Bright. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed whatever the hell that was. I don't know. It could be anything at this point. Probably an <laughs> iHeartRadio ad. Who knows? God, don't. Never. Never ever. Not for free. For Not for free. I mean, I'll do it for them for, like, money. Yeah, if they send, if they send us money, we'll do iHeartRadio ads. I'll do anything for money. Anything. Uh, well, uh, the episode starts... <laughs> And Quark's Only bar. fans. <laughs> One day, I'm sure, right? Yeah, why not? Fuck it. The Literally. Quark has gotten a shipment of syrup of squill. Yeah. Which... And everyone's like, 
I thought there wasn't any more. I thought there was a drought on the planet Balancar. Balancar, there's no squill. Balancar is the syrup planet, by the way. Balancar is where syrup comes from. If the you've syrup ever had people. syrup, that's where it's from. <laughs> and Quark, it's like the can- Canada of space. Quark like, gets up on his uh, bar and he's like, Hey, everybody, listen to my grand tale of getting some fucking squill and how smart I am. Let me tell you about I how am. I economically blackmailed a guy. He's like, and everybody's like, yay, blackmail. Yay, squill. <laughs> I don't care what you did to get it. It's delicious. I love apparently. squill so much. <laughs> and everybody's like cheering or whatever, but then uh, Dax, Bashir, and O'Brien come back in. The Defiant had the first successful mission, reconnaissance mission, yeah. behind, uh, oh, in Cardassian space. Which would make a lot of sense to send the only ship that can cloak to do that. I'm not yes. really sure what they were doing beforehand. They, like They just started sending ships, and they were like, yeah. oh, no, they found us. How? Uh, how'd they find us? Yeah. But uh, Odo's like, ah, these self-satisfied Starfleet officers, even though he was just doing the same thing, but for his own selfish reasons. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and Odo like is like, they are heroes, Quark. And Quark's like, I'll show ye. <laughs> It's what he says. It's a little it's a little stilted the dialogue, but you know. <laughs> That's pretty much like the quick rundown of the beginning scene or whatever. It's like a I don't know, it's like a flimsy like pretense to have a fun adventure, but it sure. works, I think. You just reminded me of like there's there's a like Matt Berry show that people are like showing clips from all the time. Yeah. And I don't know what the fucking show is, but this I remember this dude was like, and I'll kill you this time, I promise. I shit thee nay! <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking love that. <laughs> anyway, um, Quark then uh, gets a message from um, no speaking lines in this episode, Ferengi. Yeah, they couldn't get uh, Wallace, what's his name, to be... Wallace uh, Shawn, yeah. Wallace Shawn. So, I always forget his last name, which is weird. So, it's just two first names is why. That's probably why it's confusing to me. But he comes up and he says something, and Quark's like, Grand Nagus Zek has a message for me! Oh, and he probably heard about the squill. <laughs> I'll send him a dozen bottles. Yeah. But, like, here's where... I feel that in the original script, there had to have been a scene where Grand Nagus Zek is on a little little monitor screen, and yeah. he tells Quark what's up. And he yells at him or something, like, Quark, you gotta do it! Ishka, I love her! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you're probably right, and they probably just couldn't get him. Yeah, he was, like, well, he did, a, at the time, and I think he still does, like, a lot of, like, stage shows. Yeah. So he wasn't available at the time. Yeah. And, uh... So it just kind of awkwardly cuts to, like, yeah. Rom. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, Rom is in an access tube, and Quark is just like, here's the plot. Yep. Here's me explaining to you what's going to happen. Yeah, Moogie's yeah. been captured by the Dominion. Zach wants us to save her. Yeah, and, and, and Rom is like, why Why does Grand Agus Zek care about Moogie so much? And, uh, and Quark is like, uh, I got something to tell you, Ron. <laughs> they fucking... They're lovers. And then the, the, the one of the funny, funnier lines in the episode is him going, 
no <laughs> and he does it like three times and it's like it's so good dude rom is amazing rom is hilarious but like the scene is like an awkward like kind of like mishmash of like a scene i feel like they were going to do and then the full explanation of the plot that grand nagus zek was for sure gonna be telling yeah. before yeah because like them crawling around the access tunnels because the whole scene takes place with them in an access tunnel, a Jeffrey's it's, tube. It's like a heist scene. It's like a heist yeah. movie. It's like Ocean's Eleven or something. <laughs> They're just like you know? crawling around, and it goes on for like about twice as long as you'd imagine the scene yeah. to go on. There's which a cool is my payoff. Only though. complaint in the whole episode. Yeah, they they do a, a really good job of like giving it a, a funny payoff, which I think is, is oh, makes yeah. it worth it. Because they pop out of Cisco's office, and he's in the and Cisco's in the office, and he's like. Can I help you, gentlemen? <laughs> like we've, or he's like, are you lost? He's like, well, we've taken a, a wrong turn. And he's like, it seems you have. Yeah, we took a wrong turn at Albuquerque, right? They do, like, that whole bit. And it's, it's fucking funny, man. Like, it's such a, like, a lighthearted, funny moment. I don't know. If I was Cisco, I would immediately go over there and tamp that fucking access tunnel closed <laughs> so no one could ever come through it again. I like, it's like, he probably is like, what are they up to? Like, what are they doing, right? Like, are they trying to steal something? But, like, at this point, I guess Quark's kind of, like, proven himself to be, like, not a criminal or not a not a as bad a criminal right True. like i think they've like, got bigger problems on their hands like who cares I, guess. I, I think as well like at this point cisco knows that if he sees rom with quark that right. he doesn't really have anything to worry about yeah like it, it, it rom's not gonna let him do anything yeah. like stupid rom's like a genuinely good guy and also even if he does get talked into doing something negative he'll fuck it up so yeah it's fine. <laughs> i love i love that like Rob's like this really good engineer, right? Yeah. But like everyone's still like, oh, he fucks up a lot. But it's like, I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. Quark's just a dickhead about it. Yeah. Um Quark is one of those people who like when you change something about yourself, like you make yourself better, they refuse to believe it ever. He gives you shit about it. No matter how much you've proven yourself a better person. Yeah. Fucker. Asshole. But um, hope his mom dies. Oh, Jesus! Oh no. <laughs> um, Rom is like, you know, we got to get Nausicans, Breen, Klingons, yeah, Klingons. And Quark's yeah. like, no, we're gonna do a team made up of only Ferengi because they can be just as tough as Klingons. And, and Rom's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, also, it's funny that like the big motivation for this episode doesn't seem 100% to be saving Ishka. It's that the Nagus is offering 50 bars of latinum. It's clever. It's a. It's really, really Ferengi, right? Like, you're right, because it's like, they don't, <laughs> like, super, like, Cork loves his mom, and Rom super loves his mom, right? Yeah, but they but stop like, talking about how she's kidnapped. Yeah. So just focus on the 50 bars of latinum real heavily. They well, they kind of like they like Ferengi it up a little bit more, right? Where like, like uh, Quark's like, look, we're just how are we gonna like get Rom's like, how are we gonna get people to join the team? And like, uh, Quark's like, well, we'll just offer them to split the twenty bars. He's like, but I thought it was fifty, and he's like, no, nah, it's twenty, right? Like, so they're already like, like they're already freaking the, yeah, the yeah. situation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jork and Junt time. <laughs> Jork and Junt. <laughs> So, Lady Guinan. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar, isn't it? It's very similar. Um, they immediately seek out Nog because he's the only one that knows how to fire a phaser. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It makes sense. They kind of they try to guilt him, right? They're like, "It's your fucking grandmother." You know what I mean? And he's like, "He's like, look, I got like shit to do. I'm a fucking Starfleet officer, man. I can't go running around." Then Quark you know. is smart about it. He's like, "You know, yeah. I was gonna make you the strategic operations officer." And he's like, "Like, like Commander Worf." And he's like, exactly <laughs> like Commander Worf. It's really clever. And he's on board because he gets to try and throw his weight around like he saw they the do older the fucking Rick and Morty. You son of a bitch! I'm <laughs> uh, Quark has an idea for the second guy they're gonna bring on board but yeah. Rom has never heard of him I love this guy he's great I love him so much and Quark's like his name is Lek and his his priorities are different from the typical Ferengi yeah he's not a normal Ferengi yeah and uh, he's like I've got this job for you and it, he's sharpening a knife. Yeah, he's like, sharpening a knife in front of his fucking like phone or whatever, right? His his communicator. And he's he's like, uh, I got a rescue mission, and he's like, Why'd you call an eliminator then? And Rom's like, An eliminator? Oh what's no, an eliminator. Yeah, he doesn't know. He's like, What's an eliminator? He's like, It's a murderer. Yeah, and he's like, I I. Uh, He's like, I got, I got, I'll split the twenty bars of latinum, and he's and like, it's like, I don't care about latinum. And Rob's like, Oh, he is different. <laughs> he's like, I heard that you did like to test your abilities. You're like a good yeah. challenge. And the people who kidnapped the target are the Dominion. And he's like, the Dominion. Yeah, he gets real horny. He's like, and you could test your skills as an eliminator. And he's like, hey. yeah. And he kind of just goes like, yeah. And he hangs up. <laughs> like that was easy i like the scene these scenes are good though because it shows how kind of good quark is at like negotiating oh yeah you don't don't ever really get to see him be like like there's a few episodes like the one where they're in the 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 defiant and that torpedo comes in through the wall right oh yeah yeah and they and uh what's his name fucking uh uh James fucking Cromwell is is the alien and like they do like a negotiating scene that but you don't ever really get to see Quark like really show his talents and I feel like this you kind of get to see how kind of clever he is at manipulating people. Oh yeah. It's it's like a showcase episode for his abilities as like a yeah. a manipulator or uh uh, exactly what you just said. I don't Yeah, know. I I feel like no, I, I no, I, I feel like it's like uh I don't know like like there's there's a positive reason for him doing it, right? To rescue his mom, so it kind of kind of gives him a little more likability. You kind of start to like Quark in the later seasons more. I don't know. Oh yeah, like Quark is a fun character from the yeah. very beginning, but he's like very sleazy. He's like yeah. one of those characters that like you love to hate. Yeah, and he reminds me a lot of, uh, I th- and I think this is on purpose. Like in Clone Wars and Rebels, Hondo, the character Hondo. Is very much like Quark, and I, I think that's why I like him so much because he's he's kind of like a pirate and a smuggler, but he's a bad guy. But then he turns into a good guy, and that's such a that's always a great payoff in a in any show, right? Oh, absolutely, like the slow burn yeah. changeover from bad yeah. to good. 
the shonen anime is entirely based on yes. that. Thanks yes. to Dragon Ball Z. Yep, because of Vegeta. <laughs> well, like in Dragon Ball in Dragon Ball Z, every single one of Goku's friends was his bitter enemy. Yeah, before. Piccolo was like super evil, right? Yeah, like even Krillin was trying to kill him off so that he could get trained by Master right. Roshi when they first met. Right. It's it's a really uh it's clever. It's it it's a trope that I never get tired of. I love it. It is a fun fun trope for sure. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. What is that trope called? Uh I'm sure if you went to TV tropes it had like a fucking million pages. Let's on not it. say it cuz it'll get ruined then cuz everyone will <laughs> everyone likes to act like they know the trope and then it's like well, they're really clever, right? The mm, problem is that. everybody wants to act like they know the trope and it's a bad thing to do. Right. But just it's being like, a trope doesn't make something bad. It's like, every story is a trope, right? Every story ever told in human history has some kind of pattern to it. Especially when you get, like, so like, vague with your pattern. Right. Every story's already been told at least once. Oh, a princess? Oh, how droll. Like, what? what? Okay, you're gonna reinvent storytelling, motherfucker? What do you, like... What are you fucking like Shakespeare? You're gonna like just like totally fucking change the world with your storytelling? Go ahead, go ahead, do it. I, I do love when people are like, "Oh, a princess." That's so cliche. Anyway, this is the Zarina, the Czar's daughter. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> yeah. shit, dog. It's you just, just a change, different using word. a new name. Yeah, this is the Empress. Uh, okay, uh, not a princess then. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's it's all the same shit. Anyway. Yep. Yep. Uh, they travel to a Federation starbase to find Cousin Gala, who used to own a moon. <laughs> He's in jail. He was arrested on Thalos 6 for vagrancy. Oh, he's like a bum. Yeah, he is a bum, and he blames Quark because he got... He lost his moon and all of his riches trying to work with Quark last time he was on the show. Yeah, like, I... Th- we we don't get to see Gala like immediately, but like you, he tried. Gala tried to kill Quark with the ship. Remember when he mm-hmm. gave him that ship? Yeah. And they go back in time to Roswell. Yeah, that Gala's, was Gala. Gala is a psychopath. Gala sucks. He he is the worst Ferengi in this episode. So, but he he's he, a, yeah he fulfills a role that's necessary. But yeah, he's the fuck up, right? Because otherwise, it would have to be Rom, and Rom's come too far for that. You got to have somebody else be the fuck up. It's a Quark family trait. Somebody's got to be a fuck up. Uh, but he's like, when I get out of here, I'm going to get my revenge on you, Quark. And Quark's like, turn off the barrier. And he yeah. grabs him by the collar and he's like, what were you going to do? Yeah, dude, it's great, right? Quark's like fucking cool as shit in this episode. Quark is unfucking flappable in this episode. <laughs> he's off the chain. He's, he wants to prove something, which is, like, when Quark is at his most, like, lovable as a character. When he has something yeah. to prove. This might be the best Quark, uh, uh, second only to AR-115 or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's... Where he, like, finally, like, snaps at the end and he, like, becomes, like, an animal, right? Like... He, like, says that line earlier in the episode that, like, humans become animals when they're, right. like, left behind or whatever. But, like, right. he becomes the worst. Right. He, he like, defends his nephew. And it's, like, that's why, like, that's why they're doing Like, he finally understands. Yeah, he understands that it's, it's like, necessary to become a fighter if you yeah. have something to protect that you care right. about. 
it's almost like Vulcan-esque in a way, right? Like Vulcans are all like like in Enterprise when they're on Carbon Creek and they're like talking about eating that deer and they're like resorting to savagery like like eating a deer is like savage right either you do it or you die (laughs) yeah but it's like you have to like you you fucking have to right like i don't know it's it's interesting it is and it's like a lesson that like i think the the world we live in now today is full of people who are extremely quick to violence yeah, but uh, there are always a few people who abhor violence, no matter who's doing it, and no matter right. what for what cause. But yeah. uh, there, there's definitely justified. Violence. Yeah, killing like the 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 space Nazis would be one of those things. Like I'm winking at the microphone. The space, space Nazis. Nazis, like protecting <laughs> someone you love from yeah. a violent attack, is a yeah. justifiable violent thing to do. Right, right. Um, so it's it's a great lesson that's taught. Like, I mean, the Ferengi are not warriors. They don't really understand that it's all about profit. But Quark, yeah. Quark's horizons are expanded very much. By his he, interaction yeah. with other species. Well, he's like a he's sort of like the canary in the coal mine for the Ferengi people as a whole, right? Like, like the Ferengi can continue on with the way that things were, and they can pretend that like profit is the only thing that matters. But the Dominion really shows the whole galaxy, like, look, like there's like bigger shit out there, and we gotta not be so much like this. And he, yeah. like, so even even to the point where the Ferengi are like, look, like. Not always is profit like the main concern, which is like incredible, right? Yeah, their <laughs> like, whole religion is yeah. based around that. Yeah, they believe that their like God is like a the tallying of deeds, right? Like you go and you like <laughs> stand in front of the what is it, the great fucking uh counterman or accountant or whatever it is, yeah. right? I, I don't remember the exact term now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, but like it's our, our petty squabbles in the alpha and beta quadrants are nothing. We gotta yeah. put them all aside. We gotta put aside our like focuses and the things we care about that aren't as important. Because if we don't band together, we're all gonna die. Yeah, then, then we're gonna be slaves. And they talk about it later. Iggy Pop is like, you know, maybe the Ferengi will take their rightful place. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he's like, yeah, anything could happen. Anything can happen, and it's really clever. Yeah. Uh, they pick up Gala and um, they head back to Deep Space Nine, and uh, they have their team of five people. And their Nog is really throwing his weight around. He's like, uh, Lek yeah. is like, how do we know that the schematics are correct? And he's like, how do we know that the schematics are correct, sir? No, he says sir first, and he's like, no need to stand on ceremony because he thinks he's calling him sir. Yeah, he's like, no, <laughs> you call me sir. <laughs> And he's like, what? And like, yeah. Quark is trying to, like, keep this team together. He's like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Everything will be fine here. Everybody stop it's attacking. It's just a bunch of rabble, right? It's just chaos. Brunt walks out. He's just been sitting at the other end of the bar. They didn't notice him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and he's, like, laughing at them. And he's like, oh, you're a bunch of fucking losers. Like, you've got a psychopath on your team. Yeah. What a great team. And they're like, are you here to just... Th- laugh at us or what and he's like no I'm here to sign up yeah and they're like fuck you Brunt and he's like well <laughs> fine then I'll just get on my ship and leave yeah cause they don't have a ship yeah and they're all like well fuck 
And then Lek Lek throws a knife into a steel beam, which apparently is wood. How does he do that? Like, I always thought that it was, like, metal, right? I guess it's not. It's, like, maybe it's some kind of, like, polymer or something. He throws it into a steel beam. He's strong as fuck. (laughs) He's like Superman. (laughs) Um, The the next scene starts out... uh, it's fairly obvious it's a holodeck scenario, I guess, where yeah. Jim Hadar soldiers come in with Ishka and uh, our valiant Ferengi heroes run into walls and trip over and fire their weapons at nothing. Get shot in the leg and fall over and scream. <laughs> uh, Gala runs away. Brunt yep. tries to surrender his weapon. Drops his gun. <laughs> gets shot. And then Lex shoots Ishka. <laughs> <laughs> So good. And Brunt's like, why don't we do something easier? Like ambushing some Bolians. Yeah. Nog's yeah. like, you can't ambush Bolians if their arms were tied behind their back. <laughs> and Quark's just like, get the fuck out. Get yeah, out. Everybody leave. He's pissed, yeah. He's like, the, him and Rom have like a little conversation to the side, and he's like, we don't have a chance of rescuing Yeah. Them. And then Rom figures out, like, Quark's like, oh, I was just doing this great deal. Right. And Rom is the smart one. And this time he's like, oh, well, you're a great negotiator. We've been doing this all wrong. Yeah, why don't we Ferengi our way out of this one, right? Why are we trying to be, like, the Klingons or Starfleet or whatever? Just why don't we work our strength? Which is so clever. It is. It's clever writing, and it's clever in Rom's behalf as well. Uh, Kira's in this episode for like five seconds. Yeah, looking good as usual. As always. Yep. Um, <laughs> Quark is like, oh, thanks. I, I appreciate you guys helping me out like this. Because they give him a uh, Vorta. Yeah. Kibon, that they captured. Yeah, so they're going to do like a prisoner exchange, right? Which is smart. Um, yeah. Kivon does not think it's smart, of course. I love Kivon though. Kivon is like, yeah, you're all gonna die. You've all signed your death warrants. The He's like, I would station. suggest, yeah, I would suggest you get your affairs in order and write your wills. And <laughs> before that, though, when Kivon gets on the ship, and Rob goes, hi, and he waves, oh, he waves like, I'm wrong. <laughs> telling him everyone's name. It's fucking adorable, it man. Is, and like Quark's like, he doesn't care. And he's like, true yeah. words have never been spoken. <laughs> And that's when he's like, get your affairs in order. I love and he's, he's like, like, yeah, you've signed all your death warrants. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to take a nap. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to murder him. Like, he doesn't care. Like, oh, yeah. He knows what's going to happen, dude. Um, Nog mentions during all of this that uh, this is going to take place at Empok Nor, which we've seen once before. It's the tilted Deep Space Nine. Um, the same design as Deep Space Nine. And Convenient he says, for the for the shooting of the episode. And, and yeah, he says, you know, it's because we'll have the same layout, we'll know where everything is, but we as the audience know. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lek is like, well, then you got nothing to worry about. <laughs> uh, Lek is, he says, they're like, well, why are we all coming along if it's just a prisoner exchange? Lek yeah. is smart. He's like, because he doesn't trust the Dominion and neither do I. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to kill them all. I love murder. Yep, he gets to do that. He gets to kill one of them. He's pretty psyched about it, too. He threw a knife through a steel beam, so he can pretty much throw a knife <laughs> through anything. He's he's a big knife guy. He doesn't really care about the... Blo- the he does, like... He's kind of a fucking blaster. The yeah, phaser. Yeah. 
I like I like that. I like that he just is like, yeah, I'll just use a knife. Like that's that's just something to say about that in a world where you can just vaporize people with yeah, a laser beam. It's worse to just yeah, stab yeah. somebody. It's brutal. Uh, they arrive at Impact Nor, and Nog is trying to run this like a Starfleet operation. Yeah, he's like. He's like, oh, we chose this location. Uh, what does he say? He's like, go ahead to base camp, right? Yeah, and they all look at him, and he's like, like the, the infirmary is-, is our base camp, and I chose it because of blah, blah, blah. Now yeah. let's go to base camp. And they all stand there. Of course, like, <laughs> first person to the infirmary gets two slips of latinum. And they all run. <laughs> you don't pay soldiers to do their duty. He's like, you do with Ferengi, if I- <laughs> which fucking sucks, man. This is the line Josh mentioned earlier, the like, little wink and a nod at the audience is like, another closet when they yeah, get to the infirmary. Because yeah. the sets are just so small. I think I talk about that in um, in uh, another episode about when in Star Trek Online when the Deep Space Nine expansion came out, how they had to, like up the sets like so it's a perfect model of the set except it's it's like like gigantic it's like one and a half times the size because like the real sets were just so small i I don't know why but i guess they wanted it to money yeah yeah i guess you don't really want to like film long shots in this like giant empty hallway no like it would cost way more money to fill it with people and shit yeah it'd be too much but uh Kivon mentions that he was supposed to commit suicide when he was captured, but yeah. he couldn't do it. Yeah, you see this more and more. It's almost like the Alpha Quadrant like changes the Vorta, and the, they talk about it with like the Alphas later, like the the Jem'Hadar bred in the Alpha Quadrant. Like they're different, right? Oh yeah, they don't. The Alpha Quadrant changes Dominion people because they don't know a life that's not underneath the Dominion. It's right. the same thing like when people in uh, like East Germany right, made it to West, to West Germany. Yeah, like their entire worldview was changed. Right. It was just yeah. That's a good point. And yeah, man. So like, he's developed a lot more of a personality as well. Yeah, being it's in the like, Alpha Quadrant, which happens to like a lot of Vorta. Yeah, I lo- I just love how he's just so miserable. He's <laughs> just a miserable <laughs> fuck. It's funny. He's like, you know, the only things I have to look forward to are a most unpleasant debriefing followed yeah. by summary execution. Yeah, they're gonna torture that guy. He's fucked. <laughs> um, they they're supposed to take shifts watching Kivon. So he yeah. doesn't escape. They put and him in basically another closet, like yeah. a, some kind of room. I don't know. <laughs> and Gala is put on this duty, even though I wouldn't trust this man to make me a sandwich. Yeah, he's pretty fucking stupid. And he fell asleep. And he yeah. Was like, I couldn't help it. I was tired. I didn't sleep on the ship. I didn't sleep ship. on the ship. And Quark's like, the ship. Yeah. And uh, Kivon takes a full sprinting run to the ship. They all run. They all run to the ship, right? Like, and this Quark is, is so much faster than everybody. He's flying, he's, man. He is full speeding it through this place. And when he arrives, Kivon has is he can't get the ship to start. Yeah. And Quark is like, I had Rom disengage the induction mag- matrix. Yeah. But I still ran because sometimes Rom gets things wrong. He gets them wrong, yeah. Which but is he like doesn't. not true, yeah. Rom is smart as fuck now. Yeah. 
good with the program. Yeah, keep up. It's season six. Uh, Tarok Nor's alarms go off. And, and they run all the way back to the they, run, they go all the way back to the infirmary. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's like a fucking Benny Hill episode, man. So it's like a fucking shit show, dude, right? There's, there's this great fucking sequence where, like, they're hiding in the infirmary. And they're like, uh, Gail is like, one of us should go out there and check. I Or Brunt says, one of us should go out yeah. there and check. I nominate Quark. But Narg <laughs> volunteers. Yeah. He goes out there, he kind of peeks through the door, and there are, like, hundreds of Jim Hadar <laughs> lining the they're entire all, promenade. They're all up on the second floor, pointing, and then they're like, ready weapons, right? And, and Nog just slowly shuts the door. <laughs> slowly packs up, yep. Quark is like, is there anybody there? And Nog says, you can say that. You can say, say that. that. <laughs> it's a great, like, you get a little Nog, like, uh, like, Aaron Eisenberg, rest in peace, man. Like, I love Nog. I love Nog. I love Nog, too, man. There's, like... This this episode is not only a great focus episode for Quark, who, like, has really changed as a character, and I think this is the episode that cements that the most, that he's changed as a character. But you get, like, a little focus on Rom, who still has a little bit of his business acumen, but he's still super dumb, and he's, like, so friendly and nice. He's the perfect mix of, like, completely competent, silly as fuck, and dumb as shit, right? Yeah, absolutely. How do you, like, think about how you even write that. Like, how do you play that character? And Max Grodencheck is, like, chef's kiss fucking perfect, He's he's perfect as Rom, absolutely. And then you have, like, Nog... Who is so different than how he started? Yeah, and like he's such a different character. He's brash. He's just like a young brash guy, like like Starfleet GI Joe, dude. Yeah. You know, and like there, there's something to be said for like people talk about all all the time. People talk about how the races in Star Trek are like monoliths, where all the yeah. characters are too similar. But this episode is, like, such a showcase of the completely different personalities of every single one of these Ferengi. Yeah. The only thing they have in common is that they care about Latinum too much. Yeah, which, you know, it's Latinum. I mean, it's valuable. (laughs) It's like, and they have, like, a varying range of how much they care about Latinum from, like... Quark and uh, Brunt and like Quark and Brunt and Gala care about it like so much. Gala probably the most because like yes. he's destitute now, which for a Ferengi is like worse than death, right? Absolutely. Like, and Lek doesn't give too much yeah. of a shit. Like, although Nog he cares does. a little bit. Yeah, it's more about the principle though, right? Like, yeah, he's like sort and of then like, like Rom cares a little bit more, but still he doesn't really care that much, and Lek doesn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. He wants to murder. It's all yeah. he cares about. So they so like Rom lets it slip that that's actually fifty bars, right? And they're like <laughs> they're like, wait, what? Fifty bars? And then and then Clark, he said twenty. <laughs> <laughs> They're all pissed. Like, like gaslighting the shit out of them. Right? He's, is that twenty? You're crazy. <laughs> like, they're all super pissed. But like, the best thing about this episode is like we know what a Ferengi is in our head, right? right. Like the idea of what a Ferengi has to be like is cemented into our head. 
And Lek is probably the character who's the furthest away from what a Ferengi is supposed to be like in our head. Yeah. But he's still, like, you don't think any different. He is a Ferengi through and through still, even though he's like that. He's like, I just don't like being cheated, right? Which, like, you know, maybe he's lying to himself and he just really does care about Latinum. Or maybe he just doesn't like, you know, who knows? It's a very complex character. Like, you don't know. I don't know. There's... There's something to be said for, like, Iris Steven Bear and Laser Beamler. <laughs> Old Laser. Who, like, really wrote these six characters who could have genuinely just all been a Ferengi stereotype. Right. But each and every one of them shines for who they are as a different type of character. Like, yeah. Gala is a moron who only cares about money but doesn't know anything about how to get it. Like, he's an idiot. Yeah. And then Brunt only cares about status. Yeah, he wants the currency of uh, of status, right? And he's completely he underhanded to... and yeah. two-faced about it. Yeah. Because he used to be a whatever, whatever they were. A uh, liquidator. Liquidator, right? And he had a ton of power, but... He fucked over Quark and the Nagus and shit, so he's like... Again, he's kind of like Gala. He's, like, lost his status. And, like, those two characters could be the same personality. Right, but they're it different. it wouldn't change anything. Right, but they're a little bit different. They're, they're like, intensely different, like, IQ level-wise. Right, right. One like of them's Brunt smart, is, one of them's stupid. Brunt is calculating and intelligent... And a massive dickhead, and Gala is a complete moron. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, and I love Jeffrey Combs. I don't, I don't like, it, like this is a compliment to, to Jeffrey Combs's ability. Like whenever I think of Brunt, I never am like, oh, that's Jeffrey Combs. Not as much as I do with no, Wayne. I don't either. Actually. Like Brunt's his own guy. Like Brunt's like a real guy. <laughs> like yeah, he's like his own thing. And like I never, I never think about Jeffrey Combs being him. I always have to remind myself. Yeah. Every time I'm thinking about, like, who all did Jeffrey Combs play? Oh, yeah, he played Brunt. Brunt, right. Kind of forget, because he's... It is a compliment to Jeffrey Combs' ability as an actor that, like... Yeah. You don't notice that. I always... When I talk about great actors embodying a role to the point where you don't even recognize them... Yeah. I always bring this up, and I'll fucking do it again, deal with it, (laughs) is um, the difference between... For a few dollars more, um, yeah, and the Colonel Mortimer character, yeah, and the um, the good, the bad, and the ugly Angel Eyes character. They're both played by Lee Van Cleef, and I've I saw those movies as a young person multiple times and never put together it was the same. They were the same guy, yeah, but they're not the same character. It's crazy, right? They look exactly. They're the same dress, (laughs) the same. Mustache. It's the yeah. same fucking guy, but, but for some reason, is when I was younger, I never put together totally they were the same different. actor. Totally different. Yeah, because they they have an incredibly different vibe as people, even, and it's hard yeah. to put out a different vibe to an audience. It's tough. You got to be very good. And like Wei Yun and Brunt have nothing in common with the way they're acted at all. Right. Right. They're it's totally impressive. different. It's great. He's great. Even at him as fucking Tran, like, oh yeah, Tran's completely different. Than Tran's like his characters. own guy. Again, it's it's just it's very it's very well done. 
just put that guy in fucking more Absolutely. Star Trek. He's probably well, too old now, but the the whole reason why Reanimator is a classic film in the yeah. horror genre that we all love is Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, that movie would have been forgotten in the dust bin. <laughs> it's it's crazy how Deep Space Nine uses these old like eighties horror movie guys as like these great character actors, oh, right? Yeah. Like um, Max Grodencheck, fucking Candyman. Candyman is, is yeah. A few episodes of Deep Space Nine as different characters, and he like really brings it with all of them. He's a great voice actor too. He is. He is a great voice actor. Yeah. He just has that sort of like commanding deep voice yeah. that really brings a punch to it. Automatically character. believable. Where I'm like, okay, like I, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, Keith David with. Um, like anytime he does a voice, but especially in gargoyles where he's Goliath. Yeah, yeah. And like, okay, I believe this guy is an ancient gargoyle. Yeah, an ancient <laughs> gargoyle that comes to life. I would totally believe that. Yeah, just the <laughs> voice does it. I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, let's take another quick break, and uh, we'll be back with the rest of the episode and our uh, thoughts on whether it's good or not. I think you could probably figure that out, but we'll, we'll tell you. <laughs> we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Cobra can run, but he can't hide. The G.I. Joe Crusader is hot on his trail. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe Crusader. Cobra is shaking, shaking with fear. Crusader's gone blasting from the stratosphere. Gotcha. Launch the Avenger. The Crusader and Avenger are one top team. Gear down. Awesome. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. A real American hero. Crusader comes with pilot and adventure. Yo, yo! Back to the show. Welcome back. What's up? Sup, fools? We're back. What are we talking? Where were we? Yeah, it's like 45 minutes later in real time. We We fucked up. We fucked up again. Um... They're all hiding from the Jem Hadara that Nog saw outside the door. That's right. And they finally realized that this is what they wanted to happen. <laughs> yeah, they're like the one of them's like the the plan's working. <laughs> they freaking realized it, right? And like, like Quark goes out with Nog and Rom, and they are all holding these giant like machine gun Rambo ass phasers. Yeah, they're like super nineties future phaser guns, right? <laughs> and uh, Ishka is being guarded by two Jim Hadar and a Vorta who introduces himself as Yelgren. Yelgren. Played by Iggy Pop. He's great, man. And uh, Quark is one, is like so good in the scene. He's like, I need some ins- assurances. Yeah. Like the Jim Hadar have to be off the station and only two guards can stay with you. And then right. the. Um, your ship has to leave, so you're stranded for a couple yeah. days. At warp nine, they have to go back to Dominion space. And he's like, uh, and by the time that the ship, by the time the ship comes back, you'll be long you'll, gone. You'll be long gone, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, that's the idea. And then Yelgren's like, your people have a reputation for cunning. <laughs> it's yeah. very good. It's very good. Like he, he also, he's like, I could just have the Jim Hadar storm the infirmary and slaughter and, all of yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so dry. Yeah, he and like, there's no emotion to it at all. It's just his yeah. job. He's whatever. It's all, all business, right? 
He says, you know, Kevon will be the first to die. Yelgren, you know, who gives a fuck? We're going to kill him anyway. Yeah. But, you know, I think you'd want to know those Dominion secrets that he revealed to the Federation yeah. first. Yeah. And that's when he says, you know, your people have a reputation yeah. for cunning. He's clever. He's, he's yeah. We'll be ready <laughs> in 30 minutes. 30 minutes, yeah. <laughs> Nog being the Starfleet officer is like, how do we really know that's Ishka and not a changeling? Yeah. And then <laughs> Ishka's like, I think I think you got hit on the head a little too hard or whatever. She's like, your uniform is too tight. It's that's cutting it off is. the circulation to your brain. Yeah. <laughs> she cut, he cuts her hand with a knife. And yeah. And like, that proves it. She that's starts blood. just beating him on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love Moogie. Cutting your grandma, dude. Wild. They never call <laughs> her his grandma. You ever notice that? Yeah, it's. I guess it's just assumed. They don't Maybe have they, that word in their life. They don't have baby. a... I guess because Moogie. It's just Moogie, right? Yeah. They say you're Moogie. They, they do say that. Say Moogie. that. You're Moogie. Uh, they go back <laughs> to the infirmary and everybody's like celebrating. Yeah, and they're all—they're already like telling the tale of the story. They're not even done yet. They're a little ahead of themselves. <laughs> they're all talking about how fucking great it'll be to get back to yeah. the muck of Ferenginar. Yeah, the torrential rains of Ferenginar. <laughs> and that's when Rom says, you know, and then we'll get the fifty bars of lead. Yep, yep, yep. And they're all Whoops. fucking pissed. Like you held out. Yeah, of course. Like, why would they be mad though? Like, of course, of fucking course, right? It's just, they think they're the ones that are doing this to people. The fact that someone's right. doing it to them is why they're pissed. Right, right. And Gala's like, I'm gonna do what I should have done long ago. And he pulls his phaser up and he shoots a quark. Yep. But quark misses. Ducks and it hits Kivon and kills him instantly. And he says, I hate Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> his last words are the most racist shit. Yeah. <laughs> they all gather around and look down at him in a great shot lit from above. Yeah, and they look. Uh, Lek looks back at Gala and goes, "You idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Gala, man, he tries his best to fuck this up. Yeah, hard. he's the worst. He yeah, is he's the worst. Idiot. <laughs> um, they're all sitting around like, oh, we're gonna die when Yelgren finds yeah. out he's gonna kill us all. Yep. They fucked up. Whoops. And they're all like, let's surrender. Let's escape. Yeah. Like, any of this is gonna work. Right. And he's Even like, with two Jem'Hadar, it's like, Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. They're like the world's perfect soldiers, and you're a bunch yeah. of fucking merchants. <laughs> Like, Quark is, like, pissed. He's like, look, we Ferengi are just as powerful as Klingons, just as war-crazy yeah. and great. Remember the Battle of Preeksnack? <laughs> sure. Where they fight the Latasians? Yeah. I guess? I don't know what that... What the Gale hell is, is that? like, if I remember that right, they were all slaughtered. Right, right. And he's like, that That's doesn't matter. We're just as tough as any species in the galaxy. Yeah. And Lex like, yeah, let's murder. <laughs> Good thing Lex is on board, man. <laughs> I don't care what you're saying. Let's kill. I heard kill things, so I'm in. <laughs> I love to kill. <laughs> Fuck. And Brunt's like, yeah, for equal shares of the 50 bars of latinum. Yeah, they're back in now. And Quark says, minus my usual finder's fee. <laughs> finder's fee? He's still on that shit. He's always on this finder's fee shit. 
uh, Nog is like, well, it's decided. Kivon's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <Kivon>. <laughs> yeah, that's so crap. And they're like, thank you, Dr. Nog. He's like, I just wanted to be sure. He puts the uh, he puts like a neural stimulator and Kivon slaps him in the head. His dead His body is, slaps yeah. him in the head. And they think he's alive. They're like, he's alive! And now it turns into a fucking weekend at fucking Full Bernie's. Weekend movie. at Bernie's in Star Trek. <laughs> it's like this episode delivers on so many levels. There's a goddamn weekend at Bernie's episode. Could you imagine telling somebody who thinks Star Trek is like boring, droll sci-fi, like, oh yeah, there's yeah. this one episode where a bunch of goblins do a weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> These goblins do weekend at Bernie's. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, no, it's a real fucking thing. It's a real episode. <laughs> it's a fully blown real episode. <laughs> and there's a little hand wave line here that I love where like Nog is like, if you think about it, medicine isn't that different from engineering. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, medicine's like filling a balloon with too much air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nog sends Quark out to stall while he puts on more neural stimulators. Yeah, he does like a really shitty stall job, right? He, he just goes works. out. And he's like, "Oh, let's wait." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Give me five minutes." He's like, "I, I want to, I want to make sure." Like, Rom needs to scan to make sure your ship's away. And, and Yelgren's like, "No, not five minutes now." He's like, "I'm <laughs> like, wait." He does a really like angry Iggy Pop or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, "And I thought the Breen were annoying," which is which is fun. That's a fun line. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why are the Breen annoying? He's like, we don't know anything about yeah, the brain. Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah, um, except that they look like Bosch. That's all we know. They're Bosch. Yeah. Um, Quark's like, oh, let's make the exchange at Docking Bay Three. Yelgrim's yep. like, but why? He's like, because that's where my ship is. You get it. And he's like, well, yeah. I have no choice. He, yeah, he kind of, he kind of like likes Quark. It's like yeah. interesting, because like, he's like. He says something. He says, "I forget the line," but he, but he's like, uh, "That's where your ship is." Like he know, like he's yeah. like, "All right, I, I respect this, like this he, negotiating." He respects the hustle. He knows. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> Kivon sits up, opens his eyes, and everybody's like, "Yay, we committed he's... a sin against God. Yeah, we made a Frankenstein." <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's something I fucking realized earlier when somebody posted a drawing of Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Is that if uh, Frankenstein is not the monster's name and only the doctor's name, that brings up some wild fucking questions about who's supposed to be Mary in this horrible Oh, you should bride. watch uh, Penny, Penny Dreadful. You, you should say watch that every time I bring up Frankenstein. I, I, say, I say you should watch Penny Dreadful. Like you should watch Riverdale, right? Like it's it's <laughs> like you should watch it with a wink, right? Yeah. But uh, what's her name? Uh, Rose from the uh, the tenth Doctor, Doctor Who. Oh I yeah, 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 Billy, yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy, fucking what's her name? Billy I want to Billy. Ho- I want to say Billy Holiday, but that's not it. Billy she, Harper. Billy. Uh, Billy. Fuck. Billy Zane. Billy. <laughs> not Eilish. Uh, Doctor. Who we're doing this? He's, we're he's looking directly Billy, into his memory, folks. Billy Piper. There yes. we go. She is the bride of Frankenstein, and she's naked a whole lot. And uh, but she also is like with Frankenstein man, the Doctor Frankenstein. Well, she's so with Doctor Frankenstein. She would. She does both at one point. Oh, so she's she's like porking Frankenstein's monster and Frankenstein's. 
Yeah, she has like tuberculosis or some the consumption or something, right? So like she's a lunger. She, she dies, and then they like make her oh, a Frankenstein. Spoiler. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, and she's got the hair. She got like the streak in her that's hair. That's cool. I think, I think like that's a, a really cool visual. I don't know, if, like, I if love they it. really put a whole lot of thought into it, but it's like a really cool visual. It's there's something about character like Rogue. I always like Rogue, right? Yeah, the streak of white hair. It always does it for me for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it's I goth. feel that. I feel goth. that very heavily. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> so, uh, in the docking bay, uh, Yelgren and Ishka are, like, talking about, like, skincare <laughs> and money. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what is the Ipecac root, right? Or not Ipecac. It's Ipecac like, root. Yeah, Ipecac is the shit you drink to puke. Yes. Uh, he, he's like... Wow, that's fascinating. He's like, I'd love to learn more, but if your sons don't show up soon, I am going to have to kill you. I'm going to have to kill you. It's fucking perfect. It's perfect. He's so, he's just so personable. He's genuinely interested, but he's also like, I will murder you. It's, it's like, I don't, it's like perfect casting. Like they nailed it, right? I love it very much. He seems so unassuming, but then he's just like, I'll kill you. I'll fucking murder you. Yeah. Dude, it's great. They uh, Quark shows up with Kivon, who's just sort of standing there, and there's obviously something wrong with him, but Yelgren doesn't notice at first. He's not blinking. He's like he looks dead like dead still with his feet yeah. to weird positions. They're like together. They're like he's just standing like a straight line, right? And um they they switch prisoners Ishka walks halfway down the hallway before they finally get uh, Yelgren they finally get Kivon moving yeah and and (laughs) once he gets near Ishka he starts like veering toward her Yelgren is like, what have they done to what him? What have they done to him? Like, they, they like, tortured him or some shit, right? Which is exactly what they would do. Like, yeah. it's clever, right? Because it's like, that's what they would do to a Starfleet officer. I love that Ishka, like, jukes him out when he's, yeah. like, walking towards him. It's like when you're in the grocery store and you don't, and you do that dance with somebody. Like, you don't know which way to go. Yeah. And Ishka <laughs> finally makes it to Quark, but... Kivon runs into a wall over and over again. <laughs> Dude, this shit is fucking great. Like, I love, I love he's just bumping into the wall like a robot, right? Because Yelgren's like, stop him! Yep. And the... Lech, Lech throws a knife into one. He finally gets to throw his knife. He's so psyched about it. He's like, knife throw, attack, yeah. And then Rom and Brunt appear at the other end and blast the other Jem'Hadar double team. They lasers. just fucking tag team him and light him up, dude. He's so like, then I started blasting. So I started blasting. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh, Zek would be so proud of you, just like I am. Yeah. Yeah, and Yalgren's hiding, and he's complete Vorta hiding. Yes, uh, there's a great line where he's like, "He'll he'll be our gift to Starfleet. They'll they gave us a Vorta, and we'll give them one return." Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. And fucking Kivon is still. They, they leave, and Kivon is still bumping into the wall. <laughs> the only thing I could think about was like. That guy's gonna rot like that. Yeah, like uh, he's gonna be fucking rotten. That like Terok Norris problem. Like a fucking zombie walking into a wall, dude. Like 
How fucking disgusting is that? That's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty fucking gross. I love that Lek is like, that's just the sloppiest, most amateurish operation yeah. I've ever seen. If you ever do something like this again, kill me in. Call me, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you can in, in STO. You can you get him. You do another operation. I love Lek. It's great. He is great. <laughs> There's... There's just that's the end of the episode, by the way. This yeah. episode is so perfectly written as both it's, like a showcase of character and like a genuinely hilarious comedy episode. Yeah. It it follows the tradition of Deep Space Nine Ferengi funny episodes, right? Like some yes. of them more funny than others, obviously. Some of them have aged pretty terribly. Yeah. Well, there's definitely one of them. Yeah, there's one. But this one is is uh is fantastic. It's fucking great. This is A plus, man. It is an A plus episode for sure. Iggy Pop is perfect. He's he, fucking perfect. It's so good, like absolutely so good. It's. I think uh, anyone listening to this knows that Josh and I have a very heavy slant towards comedy. Yeah, and yeah. Um, a successful comedic episode of Star Trek is something to be absolutely like, it heralded. hard as fuck to do. Right? Because you like, gotta walk that line. It still has to be the Star Trek universe and right. it still has to follow those rules and have that sort of like weight to it. Yep. But it still has to be goofy and funny and have ridiculous shit happen. I mean, the Ferengi are perfect for that, right? Oh, like, yeah. Klingon goblins, basically, who are, are <laughs> they're like a joke, right? Like, you, even in the early TNG, when the Ferengi show up and, like, Starfleet's like, who the fuck are these idiots? Like, what is, like, what's with these assholes, right? They're not scary. They're just no. kind of assholes. They're just little dicks. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's something intrinsic in Star Trek that's funny. And yeah. I think the best comedic Star Trek episodes sort of bring out that silliness in a way. Yeah. Like, even TOS has episodes that are obviously meant to be comedy. Right. And TNG sort of perfected the formula as it went along of having characters who have, like, they're completely serious characters that you, like, love right. for, like, their, like, morality, their characterization, but all of them have a way to be funny when they're put in a scene. There's a, there's a way to hold the mirror up like star trek holds the mirror up to itself in a, such a way that it maintains the integrity of like the drama but also is just genuinely fun and funny oh, you know yeah. it, it's really a, a a theme and a tone that i think is not captured well in in most television and i can't speak for like discovery or whatever but like the ones I've seen do not achieve any of that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, there is it's, that. it's tough to to do, but I think this is like the heyday, right? This is like the, the, the golden age of Star oh, yeah. Trek. So Well it's like like I said, TNG sort of perfected the formula of having those characters that have yeah. how they can be funny in a scene. Yeah, like Worf is funny, but he's yeah. completely in character. Like he's not laughing. He's like Deep he's, Space Nine yeah. is like if TNG perfected it, Deep Space Nine, like, ran with it. Yeah. Where every single character in Deep Space Nine, you can name something that is funny about that character. Right. Odo Where, is funny, right? Even yeah, though he's Odo super so serious. so uptight. He's yeah. funny in situations where anything yeah. wild happens. Quark is so scummy that it's funny, right? Yes. Even when he's, like, literally, like... 
sexually harassing his work. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're, you're just like, like oh, Clark. <laughs> like, Kira is completely out of her element with non-military stuff. Yeah. Very funny. Like, funny. Cisco has these dry, like, quips and one-liners that are very yeah. funny. Yeah. O'Brien is like this put upon every man who has every problem yep. on his shoulders, and that's funny. His wife hates him. <laughs> <laughs> like, even like Bashir is like a wannabe playboy who like yeah. kind of fails at it. Everybody yeah. has something that's very funny about them, and I think that's an intrinsic part of Star Trek that is necessary. Yeah, I often wonder uh, how much of that is like actors just kind of deciding. I kind of think a lot of it is sometimes like like some of it's obviously written into the show but True. I, I feel like with Bashir uh Alexander Siddig really like uh just decided at one point that he was kind of just going to play this like young idiot. <laughs> you know, like like he kind of ran with it. Like you said, he kind of ran yeah. with it, right? Like he's like, "Well, I'm an idiot, but also like I'm a fucking genius." Right? It's like that dichotomy plays well. You know? It does. It's like, I know Jonathan Frakes for sure was the guy who decided that yeah. Riker kind of fucks with people yeah. and like jokes with them that way. Because he doesn't do that for the first couple seasons. Right. And I think they just saw that in Jonathan Frakes' personality, that he kind of just messes with his friends. Yeah, it sort of writes itself, right? Like, if yeah. you do something long enough, you kind of fall into a groove, and you, as a writer, you'd be stupid not to, like write that into your show it's a it's a strong point you know yeah absolutely and think about it this way who is the most serious character in star trek history spock yeah <laughs> i'd say spock like but what i was thinking of was picard picard yeah yeah and he is so funny when he's out of his element because he's yeah, when, so right. serious. It play again, it's it play like when he's with the kids or when he's, you know like there's any holiday. sort of romantic situation yeah. happening. Yeah. Feelings yeah. are brought up in any way. <laughs> I just love it when there's like when he's with the kids and he's just like, Oh my god. Cause like <laughs> I feel that way around children where I'm just like, yeah. shut the hell up. And the one kid's like, I grew dirt. <laughs> yeah, great, cool. Awesome. It's like it's third place, right? It's like even Spock, like he Spock is so dry wit, like he will yeah. tear you to pieces. But he'll just wreck your shit. Yeah, yeah that's and that's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, there's great. That's I think that's why this episode is an A plus. Is that it? It brings that long standing tradition of comedy trek into like a perfect little nugget of an episode. Yeah. I think like. Uh, the Roswell episode, wh whatever that one's called, I forget the name of it. Little um, Green Men. Little Green Men is, like, really funny and fun, but this is, like, like way better. Oh, Just because yeah. it's a little more grand. It's not as ridiculous, right? Like, like the concept of Ferengi being the Roswell aliens is really funny. <laughs> and it's even funnier, like, in, like, a 90s kind of way, because, like, Roswell kind of came back again in the 90s, and people oh, it was were like, big, oh, yeah. I mean, it's still big. Like, people still really are obsessed with it. But, like, yeah. I, but this episode is, like, more uh, utilizing, it's, like, the story that's happening yeah. in Deep Space Nine at the moment. It's right? completely in-universe. Yeah. There's no, like taking the characters out of the basic setting and putting right. them in a funnier setting to help the right. humor. 
the episode actually forwards the story and understanding of the overarching plot of the show. Yeah. And it's still absolutely hilarious. Yeah. It's it's good. It's fucking good. That Iris Stephen Bear knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. I yeah. His his mustache and glasses are ridiculous, but his writing is good. <laughs> Don't you judge him. This dude looks like a fucking like he looks like he's in the beats from Doug. <laughs> Holy fuck. Doesn't he? Holy Freaking shit. Banging on a trash can, man. I can't believe that you ruined my fucking life like this. <laughs> I'll you never love be able beats. to see this dude without thinking about killer tofu. He's fucking killer tofu, man. He looks like one of them for sure. He looks like for the sure. one, the drummer or whatever. Like the, the one that's Ringo, right? He's Man. like the Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> the beats. There are people listening to this that don't know what the fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. Only That's, 90s kids will get that. Only reference. 90s kids. Remember the 90s? <laughs> we had Nintendo 64. You don't. <laughs> Sega has what Nintendo don't. That's a fucking hilarious video. Look up 90s Nick. Oh, cartoon God. or fucking I guess you'll get a bunch of 90s Nickelodeon cartoons yeah but there's a parody by somebody I forget called 90s Nick and the character's name is Nick and he's obsessed with his own childhood to the point where he hates life yeah that's like everybody right now it's it's wild to me <laughs> I'm going back to the episode it's wild to me <laughs> that um they just introduced a character in this yeah. episode, Zach or Lack. I mean, Lack. Yeah. They just introduced Lack, and like in one episode, I just want more of this guy. Like he's yeah. so fucking funny. If it were now, he'd get his own like Disney Plus spinoff, right? He'd, he'd be like, "Give him a show. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a show. He's great, though. I don't even know who the fucking actor. I don't even know who that guy is. I don't know. I don't know either. Let's find out together. I don't. I've never everybody. looked it up. Uh, that's Hamilton Camp. That's a made-up name. That's not his real name. Uh, he is 70 years old now. So there's still time, is what you're saying. He pr- he played Vrelk in Star Trek Voyager, which was the spaceman who looked like a cow. I don't remember that one. I don't either. Um, he was He was Papa Smurf. <laughs> it's the voice of Papa Smurf. Yeah, he's he was. the voice. He's the holy oh my shit. God, he's the voice of Gizmo Duck. No way. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, we really fucking learned something today, didn't that's, we? That's interesting. How interesting. That's a he's, real fun fact of the week. Wait, he's dead. He died. Oh, he did <laughs> die. That's sad. <laughs> Um, outside of acting, Camp was well known as a folk singer as Bob Camp. He was a duo along with Bob Gibson during the late 50s and early 60s. Ah, uh, right before the invention of real music. Bob Camp. Wow. Wow, Josh. I said it. Uh, <laughs> I said it. I mean, technically, like, fucking... I guess everybody who listens to this by this point knows that I'm, like, kind of a fan of the Beatles. The Beats and, more so. Uh, the Beats, of course, are the original. Yeah. But 
Um, the Beatles didn't start playing real music until halfway through the 60s, so I think you might have something to say there. <laughs> yeah, there was they, a whole uh, lot of "She Loves You," yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was them, all so. it was all like like uh, they love Chuck Berry, right? So they yeah, tried to so do it was that all Chuck Berry light early rock and roll shit. Um, then they took Irish fucking Steven drugs Post. and they were. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Then they were like, "Oh, here's how you play music." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, apparently Iris Stephen Bear was just a giant fucking Iggy Pop fan, and that's why I mean, he brought him on the show. That makes sense. I mean, I mean he's he's a he's great. Like he's fucking great. He is. He's the one of the best parts of the episode, which is crazy considering how many yeah. cool characters. I I love I love him, man. Like I, I think he does a lot for the the world building. Even like like oh look, there's another Vorta and. Like, that's exactly what Vorta are, right? Like, they're just, like, he just doesn't give a fuck. It's it's this personableness, right? This, like, amicability that yeah. the Vorta have where it's all just a job. It's just right. business, right? It's, like, it's really not that serious, yeah, right? If I but, murder your family, right. it's just because we need some of your resources. It's, it's no psycho- big deal. It's, like, psychopathic, but also, like... You like him? It's so yeah. weird. It's a weird line. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Armin Shimmerman and Max Grodenchik watched the Seven Samurai and Magnificent Seven movies a lot before this episode was uh, yeah. put together. And the way they played it is that Grodenchik was playing Rom as a wimpy Steve McQueen. Okay. And Shimmerman was playing Quark like Yul Brenner. Like Yul Brenner, yeah. That's pretty That's fucking cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah, you should watch those movies too, everyone. Go watch. <laughs> like, seriously. Really fucking great. I'm laughing because of the top trivia on this episode is this is the only episode in which Rom kills. Oh, yeah. He kills the. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also makes the minefield and shit, right? Like, he. Sure. I don't know. I feel like he's indirectly killed some people. <laughs> he kills. This motherfucker kills. He's a killer. He's a dyed-in-the-wool killer. He's a fucking murderer. Look at him. Look at his teeth. This a kid's a killer. Look at him. <laughs> he's a killer. <laughs> now, this episode is fucking amazing. I don't think we can suck its wiener off its body any harder. Yeah, I think it's. It I think both of the wieners are in our hands. We ripped them off at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great episode. Definitely in the Hall of Fame comedic episodes of Star Trek. Maybe at the top. Who knows? It's up there. It's great. We'll have to figure that out going forward, watching more episodes. Yeah, we could do like a our greatest pantheon of episodes special or something. I don't know how we do it, but we I don't do know. It. We'll figure it out. You know what? I think that's the end of the episode. I would like to thank everybody who tuned in to listen to this one, because this is a special one. It's yep. the 92nd episode. <laughs> oh, ni- old 92. Old 92. <laughs> uh, we're headed towards 100 episodes, Josh. That's a lot. That's a lot of eppies. That's a, that's a ton of eps. So I don't know if we're doing anything special for that. Probably not, because I'll forget. But yeah, keep it in your mind, everybody. We're going towards a hundred. <laughs> try to remind us. I, I can't even imagine. It's a couple of months from now, but yeah. Hopefully, we'll all still be alive then. I think we'll have been vaccinated by then. Yeah, here's hoping. That'd Hopefully. be pretty dope. That'd be sweet. 
Um, while this dog is going crazy, I'll go ahead and tell everybody <laughs> that they need to follow M at M Class Podcast on Twitter and shoot us a dope, dope email for our other show at mclassemail at gmail.com. Yeah, baby. Get on it. Do that shit. I'd like to send out a special thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. Vitizen just put out a song called The Way It Is. Mm-hmm. And it is a certified banger. It's great. It's on Spotify. You can find it. Uh, uh, just search for Vitizen. It's great. It, it's my favorite song of the year, period. It's amazing. Like, I'm not, we're not just saying that because no. he's like our friend. Like, it's fucking, I, I listened to it and I was like, holy shit. I was blown. He sent me and Josh like a preview. Of yeah. It, and I was blown away at how good it is. Like, it's his first track that I know of that has vocals. And yeah. he should have been doing vocals the whole goddamn time. They're I told so him. so good. I told him on a DM, I was like, look, you guys sing all the time now because this yeah. is fuck music. I was like, this is fuck music. Like, <laughs> your, I was like, your voice is incredible. This is it's great. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. So go check that out. Give our boy Vitizen some love. Tell him you came from M Class Podcast. He's yeah. on Twitter at underscore Vitizen underscore. Thank you again for tuning into the program. We'll be back in one week with more M Class goodness. Bye bye. Bye, Beelum.
I'm mentally ill.